Power players, you're in the right place if you're ready to own your power. I'm Coach Simone Kelly, author, holistic business coach, and life coach with Own Your Power Communications. Our radio show and coaching programs are designed to help you live the life that you deserve. Make some noise, studio. As always, we want to give a special thanks to our partners at True Town Productions. Sitting next to me is my right hand man, my handsome Puerto Rican brother from the Bronx, Herman Dubois. What's good, y'all? Ooh, ooh. What's going on, girl? Hey, so today is uh, a topic just for you. Is it really? <laughs> you made sure I was available to come out to the studio today, didn't you? You had to be here for this one. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. Let's talk I'm about kidding, it. I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. Um, the topic is mental illness red flags. All right, so the reason being, too, is because this month is also mental health month, mental health awareness month. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So um, that's why we really wanted to do this topic. And we've done this topic before mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in different you know ways, but... I think the red flags concept, I think it's pretty interesting. We can, you know, go that way. But before we identify the red flags, can we, can we get a, just a functional working definition of what it is, what we're talking, when you say mental illness, because I think that it means a lot of different things to a lot of different folks. And just for the purposes of this show, we've got some amazing guests and we have some specialties, but I just think it would be a good idea. It would be safer if we have a working definition that we can, you know, agree yeah, to. Yeah, we have to definitely look mm-hmm. it up because, you know. Mm-hmm. Leave it to me. It would not be sounding that great. (laughs) All right. So mental illness is a disease that that causes mild to severe disturbances in thought and or behavior, resulting in an inability to cope with life's ordinary demands and routines. There are more than 200 classified forms of mental illness. Um, So that that just gives you a big spectrum. You can tell (laughs) it's not just like three things like most people think. Um, Some of the more common disorders are depression, bipolar disorder, dementia, Schizophrenia. I didn't even know that dementia was considered that. Mm-hmm. I had no Absolutely. idea. Schizophrenia um, and, and anxiety um, disorders. Symptoms may include changes in mood, personality, personal habits, and or social withdrawal. You know, what's interesting is that, and I don't know if we're going to get into this today or not, but um, just from some of my own uh, uh, family experiences, you know, there, there becomes an interesting dialogue around how much of these uh, conditions are hereditary. Oh yeah, you know, we're gonna we're gonna versus, talk about that versus let's say experiences that people have we're that cause talk trauma that. And, and then they yeah. you know they kind of evolve into that versus those environmental that, that just have mm-hmm. right a hereditary yeah we're that, definitely so. talking about that um, we actually had a couple of people sending questions that are dealing with this that's what actually inspired me to do it because I have a couple of friends actually like three friends I'm like I don't know there's some common denominator here. Mm. <laughs> I'll tell you I, 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 human I, is the common I'll tell denominator you, I, I'll tell you with that, with that. shut up Easy. you're one me. of them don't hit me don't hit me no, but like dealing with their children that are going through like bipolar, schizophrenia kind of things, and then um, spouses and just a lot of it's really a delicate situation because you know that's why I wanted to really well let's get, get let's, let's get flowing. We done. We got some vets in the house and people who have been on the show before and yes. are experts in their field. So go on, yes, we do. Let's, um, let's dig deeper. Welcome back, Dr. Minka Brantley and yeah. Hizzy. Yeah. Hello, give her hand, y'all. Hey, yeah. everybody. Glad to be back. <laughs> She's a licensed clinical psychologist in Miami Beach, Florida. She specializes in medical psychology. Um, her primary interest is in overall wellness, and her goal is to help individuals live their best lives. That's me. Living my best life. Yes. Welcome back. I Welcome had it back. before him. Time. Okay, I'm, I'm going to edit it. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't edit it. I just want him to know I said it first. <laughs> and then we also have Flo Gaspers here, and um, she's also a therapist. And what do you specialize in exactly? Well, I've been providing counseling therapy to family units. Uh, family units, uh, particularly working with DCF, 
um, court mandated case. Um, so um, it's so you you have all D- the different races. DCF, explain what that is trauma. for the people that don't know. Oh, what Department that is. of Children and Family. So you know when you have any allegation of abuse, neglect, um, or even lack of resources, that they also refer um, us. You know, I guess the clients to us, and then we provide the services. Okay. So whether or not you want to or not, I'm in your face. Okay. <laughs> and with both of you, I'm I'm very I'm sure you both have your own. Self-care practices, because mm. you have to get, shake off Absolutely. all that stuff that you deal with. It's a lot of stress and trauma, I'm sure you're dealing with on a daily basis. So Absolutely. you have to learn how to protect your energy, which I'm very big on. So, yeah. We have, so um, from, from, from just the jump off, was the definition that was shared accurate? Is there anything you would edit, omit, revise, include? That's just maybe, I mean, it's something like that was a very, you know, uh, sort of technical... So you yeah. know, definition, but from a from practical application, was there anything that you guys would, would really, you know, like if we had an urban dictionary version <laughs> of this, that the average, you know, peon like myself who doesn't have a degree in mental could understand, what are we talking about? Well, for myself, um, part of my effort to um, overcome or help overcome the stigma of mental health is that often, yeah, when we think of mental health, we think of the illness. And I also have, I compare mental health to health to for people because, you know, mm. health is, you don't always have to include, you know, the diseases. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a spectrum of that. So mental health is any way you interact with how you cope with the world, your environment, um, your your, talk, your thought pattern, and everything that goes along with that. So it's really you and the things that's around you and how you interact with that. And so if we understand that we all interact in this world, we all, you know, um, have exposure to something um, whether or not it's daily, routinely, and how we cope with whatever that thing will determine how well or not or not well that we, we, we develop or not develop the right you know tools. To so so because you 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 interchanged the word from mental illness to mental health. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering if that was intentional mm-hmm. or is it the case that you know as you mentioned, mental health includes how we cope and deal with things and some maybe deal with certain things better than others and so those who are challenged, maybe those is where the quote-unquote illnesses fall into play. I mean, am I understanding this correctly? Well, absolutely. For example, if you take somebody with a health uh, problem like diabetes, you know, maybe those who don't have a diabetes would feel like, oh, yeah, you're not talking about me because I don't, you know, I can't relate. You know, but if you talk about health, then human in beings general. is health, you know. Everyone and, needs health. Everything, in and, mm. Exactly. So we all have mental health. So in order to take away the stigma, you know, we don't always have to emphasize the um, the illness. We want to educate ourselves for the illness. But we also want to know it's just a spectrum of the entire rim of what mental health is. You know, I just caught, caught a boo-boo because I actually named the show Mental Health Red Flags. <laughs> so shouldn't it, should it be that versus illness? I think that you're, well, I mean, I think you're starting out with a conversation. And I think that's what's most important because people out in public, they are not going to be talking about mental illness or mental health they, they right. don't know what they're necessarily talking about you know so it? i think we have to start the conversation and Absolutely. i think this is the best place to start it okay. especially when you talk about removing and decreasing stigma we talk off we we wait until something is wrong mm-hmm. to seek out a solution for that and and so when we start to focus on health we start to looking we start looking for preventative ways to deal with something that can come along the way mm-hmm. down the line and i just find it interesting that we approach this discussion around mental health almost from the perception of the glass being half empty mm-hmm. and Absolutely. so it's, I think people are quick to focus on the, the sort of what's wrong mm-hmm. versus are mm-hmm. there indications instead of having red flags are there For positive sure. attributes that come with being 
mentally healthy you know yeah. and what that looks like and so can a person be both can you have mental health challenges in certain areas but then in other areas be mentally strong i would think so because it seems like there's periods of time there's not like there's some people go through depression you're not depressed all the time and some people go through like yeah. there's different stages of yeah. it i'm assuming but so I, again i'm not the therapist no, <laughs> but I, I also want to <laughs> i i know you're trying to get away you know we we're talking about the definition but one of the things i think is important about the definition is that in, in addition to it being a cognitive issue, that's thoughts, mm-hmm. behavioral issues, our actions, things we're doing, there's also impairment, right? So it stops us from living the kind of life that mm. we want to live. So it stops us from being the friend, the daughter, the father that we want to be. It stops us from being the the, the employee that we want to be. It stops mm-hmm. us from enjoying our hobbies. And also it, it brings distress to us. Distress is I don't like feeling this way. Right. And so that's why I know earlier you are talking about this distinction between crazy and mental illness. And crazy doesn't have anything to do with impairment and distress. Right. Crazy can be the girlfriend, you know, busting the windows out of the car. Keen that up, has nothing to car, do. And mom. that does not bother her necessarily. Right, Herman? Wow. <laughs> it does not bother her. I'm kidding. Shots. See, that she's happening. She's happening. We are Let me know y'all right now. Hold on. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and that, and that's that's a very quick thing that takes place. But when we're talking about mental illnesses, we're talking about something that can happen over time. It can be for a segment in our lives. It can be something that we're battling over and over again. Mm-hmm. It can be in response to a trauma. It may not be in response to a trauma. It can be something genetic that starts to right. present itself. So it's all over. And I'm even a, the I'm stereotypes th- that come with the types of drama. Absolutely. Because, for example, um, I, I recently read a report that talked about the parallels that young people who grow up in highly impoverished communities exposed to extreme degrees of violence Mm -hmm. suffer from the same symptoms of PTSD that a veteran will go to war and experience, you know, mass murders and and just Mm -hmm. all types of trauma, come back and struggle with PTSD as a civilian trying to transition back into mainstream. But we got 15 and 16-year-olds with the same symptoms that are not necessarily being diagnosed with having PTSD, which impact everything about their development. But if I can even add to that, it's not even just similarities between someone who's gone to war and is experiencing PTSD. But if you think about a child who is dealing with trauma, that brain is developing. Mm -hmm. And so we're restructuring their brain. And so they are going to respond to the world in a very different way than someone who has gone to war, knows what they're getting into, and can Mm -hmm. come back Mm -hmm. and have some deprogramming or whatever it might take. Their points of reference are different. Absolutely. And so it's going to have a different effect uh, in the long run. And that's the reason why a lot of people, I, I would say, they turn to things that help them escape. Absolutely. Like alcohol and drugs Absolutely. and what have you. Maybe sex too. Huh? A love, yes, yes. Rela- yeah. abusive relationships. Like, yep, yep. <laughs> it's, it's interesting because... You work with kids, so you yeah, see it a lot. I, just today, I sat on a panel um, with uh, at the Juvenile Detention Center, hmm. and it was a panel, the theme of the panel was um, Notes to My Younger Self. Yeah. And... Oh, uh, that's dope. There were three of us talking to, you know, 15, 16, and 17 young, young boys, and... The, the the subject matter was about you know what it means to be a man yeah. and it was interestingly enough nobody at that would have guessed this but the entire discussion had everything to do with and these were coming questions from the young men is how do you know if she loves you oh. Aww. we asked in the room of about 20 young men average age between 15 and 17 how many of them 
had children and half the room raised their hand. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Incarcerated with either a baby on the way oh, or one or two yeah. year old children. Oh, and then you ask how many of them had relationships with their dad or knew their dad and mostly none no of them one. raised their hand. Yeah. But even think about what you're saying. That's not, to me, that's not a question about love. That's a question about trust. But and in that's their the mind, first thing right. we are yeah. teaching an infant. Right. I'm sure you could agree yeah. with this. Zero to one, mm-hmm. there's some researchers that say Cash. the thing that you're learning is trust in that right. moment. And so here's a 17 year old mm-hmm. who's saying, can I trust right. what this person is telling me? Absolutely. So. And doing Absolutely. and showing and demonstrating. Yeah. And Absolutely. Exactly. This isn't on the list, but I just wanted to throw this out there since most of you know what I do. I'm intuitive. I teach mm-hmm. how to develop intuition. And mm-hmm. some of the things I've noticed um, with people that, might be quote unquote, you know, put in a box of schizophrenia or whatever. Sometimes they're very intuitive and they just don't know how to Channel it. balance it. between mm-hmm. both worlds. So the guy we see walking on the street talking to Abraham Lincoln, we might think he's crazy, but he might really be seeing things or hearing things or whatever, you know. So I don't know if that's you've ever come across that in your practice yet, but maybe not. With psychosis? But they just end up giving people drugs and they don't know that there's something else going on. You know, there's. I don't want to take. I was going to take it. That's a huge. Go ahead. So, with, with when you talk about psychosis, you're talking about a thought disorder, mm-hmm. and so we and and especially schizophrenia. Schizophrenia is super, super, super genetic. So mm. there may be this other component po- component that us scientists aren't studying, mm-hmm. but we're talking. Um, if everybody has about a 1% chance of, of having schizophrenia, the second I have a cousin that has schizophrenia, my chances go from 1% to 6%. Mm-hmm. When oh, I talk about boy. an honor uncle, I'm talking about 12%. I mean, your numbers go up ridiculously. Two parents, 40%. So you're talking about something that is in my DNA. Right. And when we talk about preventing and having mental health, one of the biggest triggers for someone who's going to present with schizophrenia is stress and trauma. Mm-hmm. So guess mm-hmm. what? If I can buffer myself against those things, then I'm, yeah. I'm more equipped to not have to encounter my genetic predisposition. Right. Absolutely. So. All right. So let's get into some of the I, symptoms. I, I, I'm saying we, we jumped in. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, we are already to, in. We are in. Feet, no, no, knee deep. Are there, are there, and this, this, this is, I think this is a very dangerous path to take, but are there uh, some early warning signs that we can be without being, you know, assuming, you know, and thinking we can all just see a warning sign and diagnose someone, are there some general warning signs that would would alert us to possible mental health challenges? Yes, being yeah. human. That's well, first. We have a list. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah, wanted yeah. to know if there were certain things that, that they came no, to mind like red before, flags. before we go no, over the list. they are. I think that, I mean, I'm sure you have lots of lists, and I know you could yeah, probably add to Because some of this stuff this. just seems like every day. Like every it time is. Yeah. Like it's like world. It's interference, disturbance. Yeah. You know, so, um, and sometimes people may feel like they don't have a problem personally, but if your surroundings have a problem, mm-hmm. that means your partner have a problem, your children Is that what you mean by disturbance? That's disturbance? Well, I mean, disturbance in terms of like thought, behavior, feelings. Um, in terms of that, but sometimes people it's hard for people to really um, accept the fact that they are yeah. having a mental health issue. I don't think people really know. Like, if you've not been professionally no. assessed, like, let, let, the average person look in the mirror and say, you know, I think I have a mental health issue. They don't know. They don't know. Exactly. Even educated. No, no, absolutely. But often, too, sometimes family members, friends, or whatever will mm-hmm. signal, signal you and say, hey, you, I think you have an issue. Yeah. No, I don't. You know, it's, the, it's that stigma. I'll you give know? you an example. I know somebody. You know him too, but keep your mouth shut. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that you can only be around him for like 20 minutes before there's an argument. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, I'll tell you later. <laughs> like, he, like he literally likes to pick fights or to argue. Like if you don't agree with him, you're wrong. 
He's you're like he's wrong, wrong, wrong. He's a debater. He's a debater. Yeah, he. See, you know what I'm talking about right away. No, see? I know, I know. <laughs> and it's just like, oh my god! Like I have to literally time myself. Okay, I got 30 minutes because in about 25 minutes he's gonna start set it off. Yeah, and I gotta get out of here. Okay. Um, but and I think I think I diagnosed him myself. I think he's bipolar. But I don't know if that's correct. But is that would that be like a somebody that goes from I mean literally like happy hey everybody love you love you to like I'm angry and I hate the world like he goes from that literally in like twenty yeah. minutes. Stability but of the mood. I get mm-hmm. just thinking about. I it. mean the Stability thing is you know, you're going to have your general um, symptoms, mm-hmm. but you know you have to go to a professional to really screen out because there's a lot. Can I bring of, you over there? No. <laughs> <laughs> How much money? Okay. Have? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It ain't free. It's not. Free. It ain't no radio right. show. But I think, but I think <laughs> more importantly, besides the diagnosis, is treatment. Is like how do you? No, I think he's. I think he's getting you, help now. Well, well, I have to, but I have to disagree, and I'm sure you would agree. We do. We're trained to know that you have to diagnose before you can treat, because if you think about like the birth of our field, it started with people kind of shot in the dark. You know, people Mm -hmm. coming back from World War One, and they're trying Mm -hmm. to figure out he got shell shock, he got shell shock, but it's totally different. And so, if I say everyone has the same disease, then guess what? I do the same treatment, but Mm. I need to be more specific about what you're experiencing, absolutely, because it's you know, you're going to be ineffective in your treatment. Diagnosis. Yes. Is that, is that like a lengthy process? Is that like a one-time session? Are there just fundamental things you're trained in that you ask and you obsess? I mean, you observe and you assess and then determine this. Or is it like a study? Like, how does that work? So when you, when, if you were to come in to see a psychologist, you would first do what we call an assessment, right? So we're going to ask some super general Mm -hmm. questions. Where you come from? Where your parents do? Do you have parents? Do you work? That kind of stuff. Yeah. Just like going to the doctor. And then over, and then after asking several questions, and sometimes we ask about what does your family say you should be coming Mm -hmm. here for? oftentimes we can do it in one session and there are some people who it takes a much longer period of time to do it because there might be all of these other um you know contraindicators yeah Yeah. i think that goes a lot to with with, when when you're mandated to have to go speak to absolutely you're going in with the mindset like oh here we go versus maybe i want to maybe going voluntarily or or, yeah Okay. So um, there's so many things to cover. This is a really broad topic, mm-hmm. but I wanted to kind of go over some of the symptoms of um, mental health. health I'm mental to be, health challenges. To be PC, yeah. uh, <laughs> mental you? health. Very mental good. health challenges. <laughs> my show. I do what I want. But it's a long list. But they because they break it up and from um, young adults, young adults to ad- and adolescents to chil- um, children pre-adolescents, and younger children. So we can kind of skim through the list, and then I want to talk so about that. I'll, I'll jump in with that. In, young adults, in adults, young adults, and adolescents, these are the, I guess, considered warning signs people need to look out for. Because <laughs> he's, he's diagnosing himself. Confused thinking, <laughs> check. Come <laughs> on, stop. Prolonged depression, sadness, or irritability. The irritability. La- the latter. Yes. The latter for sure. Is road rage considered a mental health? He's, no. he's irritable. I think I became it a road rage. It is an area of concern. New York, no. Here, definitely a problem. Yes. Excessive excessive fears, You missed worries, one. And Feelings anxieties. of extreme highs. And I'm sorry. Feeling of extreme highs and lows. And we ain't talking about blazing high. We're talking about <laughs> just, you know. Kind of, like, gone, yeah, there we go. <laughs> excessive fears, worries, and anxieties. Social withdrawal. Dramatic changes in eating or sleeping habits, strong feelings of anger, strange thoughts or delusions, seeing or hearing things that aren't there, hallucinations, growing inability to cope with daily problems and activities, suicidal thoughts, 
numerous unexplained physical ailments and substance abuse. Well, I'm clear. I'm in the clear. <laughs> and other, any other addiction as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, what you trying to say? <laughs> I mean, the, the, it goes beyond substance again, abuse those, for some people. Those seem so broad, and I guess yeah, those will get broken exactly. down even further into some mm-hmm. subcategories. You're thinking about triggers and... and yeah. Okay. And let me do the older children and um, pre-adolescent. Substance use, inability to cope with problems in daily activities, changes in sleeping or eating habits, um, excessive complaints of physical ailments, hmm. um, changes in ability to manage responsibilities. Sounds like regular teenagers to me. <laughs> <laughs> Defiance of authority, truancy, theft, and vandalism, intense fear. Is this making sense to you guys right yeah. now? Yeah, but okay. if you think about even what you just said, um, if they are the the delinquency, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Adolescence, that's normal, right? They're yeah. going to go up against authority a little bit. Right. But remember that terminology I used with you earlier, impairment and distress. Is it stopping them from being able to go to school? Are they getting arrested? Mm-hmm. Or are they just talking kind back to problems? their moms? Gotcha. What is it leading what, how, to? What's the extreme? The severity, yes. the severity, yeah. severity yeah. of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and just know when it comes to children, children yeah. uh, We didn't get there yet. That's, that's coming up. Okay, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Be clear. Because the subcategory was in Older children and pre-adolescents. Yeah. And so they, they, they're making they're a distinction between that and younger children. Mm-hmm. So. Well, intense fear and the last two, um, prolonged negative mood, often accompanied by um, poor appetite or thoughts of death. Wow. Mm-hmm. Frequent outbursts of anger. And then the younger children, Herman. Changes in school performance, poor grades mm-hmm. despite strong efforts, changes in sleeping and or eating habits, excessive worry or anxiety, for example, refusing to go to bed or school, hyperactivity, persistent nightmares, persistent disobedience or aggression, frequent temper tantrums. And if I could also add for you all, when we look at this, we look at a, a several symptoms. We're not looking at one Just or one two isolation. things. Right, right, so if right. you look yeah. at our Bible, which is called the DSM-5, the mm-hmm. Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, manual of Mental Illnesses. Yeah. It's on the fifth version. The first one was out in 1900-something. Oh, wow. So, so it's been around for a while. So something like depression, if you look up depression, it's, there's like 12 symptoms, and you need to have nine of the 12, or I can't remember the number Yo, right I now. Need, I, need that man, yeah. I need that man yeah. when I was married. It will scare you. You will think you have everything, everything in oh, it. Yeah, but I like, that's she stop it. Yeah, what, your daughter listens to this. You, know, you know, she was in class one day. I was like, oh, you know, she wants to be a psych major. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, exactly. Talk, yes. All right, so um, because there's so many different kinds of um, disorders, I mean, there's a, a big breakdown. Can you just tell us what are like the most common that you've come across in your day-to-day so for, for me, and I know you do more with children, I, I focus on adults. Um, for us, we call the depression and anxiety. Those are the common calls of uh, mental illness. Okay. So it's something that, well, the, the numbers you are say, basically. Wait, you say common goals. Common, common goals. Cold. 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 So yeah, like, okay, every, like it's something that you're going to see prevalent. everybody. Exactly. Very, gotcha. very prevalent. Gotcha. Um, so I'd say those are the most um, significant that I see. And a lot of them are a result of trauma and issues in life. Absolutely. What about kids? And so I guess, well, I, uh, I work with the family unit, oh, yeah. so it's the parent and the children. And so it's really not only, because the thing is that they all, um, often you meet parents, it's like, fix my kid. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, and, uh, fix okay, you first. Right. You. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. it's, it's really assessing the entire family unit to see where is this coming from, because your children mm. is really the voice of the right. element of what's happening in the family. <laughs> so the, all the issues that's happening, 
that child They're is just really a symptom, exhibiting. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, so right. whatever you have a bad so quote bad child. Right. Right. Know, right. That's what the term is. Bad. Right. Um, then, uh, well, of course, I help parents redefine that because mm-hmm. right. what that means, you know. Right. And so um, it's like you said, getting clarified on the definition. Mm-hmm. And even when it comes, for example, like sexual abuse, you know, mm-hmm. and you know we use so many like terminology, pocketbook, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like how what? pocketbook or right. your you know, hoo-ha um, your, or your poo poo. Oh, I never heard pocketbook. Yeah, yeah that's one. That's southern. <laughs> you guys are northern. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And we discourage that, though. right? Because like you said, because you never heard of that. So how? So how would you, if you want to express? assist or need help and then you're using terminology terminology that people Mm -hmm. aren't used to or don't understand versus saying vagina and penises Mm -hmm. which is term you know general terminology to Mm -hmm. know like this is what's happening so what we do is like educate we psychoeducate the uh, the family unit um, based on our assessment and then we help uh, um, help them understand like the effect of trauma because a lot of times trauma is like underlining Mm -hmm. of many things especially in a minority community with all the stress and the things that's happening Um, you know it's not a really you know walking apart that's right you know, so we're going to accomplish a lot of things. And, and if I can just add, when we talk about like you know social stigmas and stereotypes, there's those societal social stigmas and stereotypes. Mm-hmm. And then I just find it goes even deeper when you start breaking it down into the communities of color and how yes. we, if anything, you know, at least the experiences I've had are about you know denial and pushing it under the table, For and it'll sure. just go away. Not, n- never mind having laundry. a discussion. Never mind uh-huh. talking about the possibilities of being assessed, and that, because then it's. I think what it does is it, it 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 opens up that the Pandora's box for what she's mm-hmm. talking about and looking at that generational type of mm-hmm. impact mm-hmm. that it really makes folks who don't want to look into themselves yeah, that's yeah. because in helping the child heal, they're going to have to go through their but own. But think about where that comes from, right? If society tells you, you're a person of color, society tells you, you must be perfect in order to function in our society. You got to have your hair right, you have the shoes right, you have that right, the house. So what we talk got right, used to right. for a very long time and talk right, right, mm-hmm. is that you stuff all of your dirty laundry, you mm-hmm. don't air it don't because we, we have to show the perfect parts of ourselves. And so that's become ingrained in who we are is to hide you're, what is pain And, and it, happens yeah. very, it happens very young. I, I remember oh, my for folks sure. like, you know, we got we got people coming over the house. Absolutely. Don't act up and make me Absolutely. have to embarrass you. And I used to be like, yo, chill. He's like, you see what I'm saying? Puppy, chill. All right. So, so, but did you guys answer the question as far as what are the main things that you come across? Like, as far as the dis- I said disorders? depression and anxiety. Yeah. And what, what was yours? Well, depression and anxiety is also, mm-hmm. um, and then also um, some psychosis, mm-hmm. you know, because that would be, you know, whether or not it's bipolar psychosis or schizophrenia. Because sometimes. Okay. You know, clients would say, I'm bipolar schizophrenia, or what, even though I get those mixed not, up. that you can't have you can't both. Be both. You really can't, really. You can't no. be both. Okay. There are two classifications of yeah. disorders. That big old book that we talked okay. about, we have to learn all, all 400 disorders in that book. Do we have like a Cliff Notes the, version of that? No, we don't. No. You better learn it before cl- you get out of your well, psychopathology I'm class. I'm trying to practice. <laughs> what about PTSD? That's a big one? Absolutely. Okay. So now the big question. Postpartum depression is finally in the DSM, yes. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'll put some duct tape on his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to become educated. Oh, but, but we're going over time. I, I get yelled at oh, for going over time. Really? Yeah, and then look, when he's the one. My witness you know all the time. We over, we over. Always my like witness. breaking curfew. If you're going to no, break curfew, you're going to 
be late and get your ass whooped. You might be well late all the way. All I agree. I'm with you. Anyway, <laughs> and that is not diagnosable. Okay, so <laughs> one of our listeners, one of our listeners has a spouse who has mental illness, and they're a little on edge on how to handle it because get out. You, no, get out. It was a joke. Yeah, <laughs> you can't joke right now. Um, so how do you help? How do you urge this person to, to get help? Like if they if they think nothing's wrong with them, I'm fine. So a perfect example, um, they might be acting over religious, which mm-hmm. is I, we were talking about yeah, this. Is that being a, yeah. a symptom? I would have never yeah. thought. But like over the top, like you yeah. know, praying out loud, staging herself, yeah, just doing crazy stuff. Oh, sorry, not crazy. Um, Good <laughs> job. Look um, at you, so I'm correcting myself. Doing <laughs> abnormal things. That's right. <laughs> that acting no abnormal. Is that a better word? Okay, yeah. <laughs> But I mean, we tell the people who are around someone who, and I think this is what you were talking about, to they first get help for yourself, because that. Well, yeah. So if you let's let's remove the psychological side of things and think about someone who has Parkinson's, right? We tell their partner go get help yourself as well, because the 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 journey and the trauma of that type of diagnosis is going to impact you, right? And so if you have a family member who is suffering from mental illness, that family member is going to affect your every single day. And so talking to someone to help you figure out how to talk to your loved one is going to be, to me, the first step. Um, you know, in, in talking about the need to educate and, and, and even talk to the support system around the individual who is being diagnosed or who's getting treatment is so important. Um, I had a situation where my niece was diagnosed with leukemia at, a, at two years old, and her older sister um, you know, received received support in in that area because there was so much attention being placed on the on younger the child, child and yeah. the family and the stress with the parents and the in and out of the hospital that they were very concerned about how she would aside from just seeing your your kid sister go through all that she was mm-hmm. going through to the treatment but it was almost it was interesting how they approached it from a purpose perspective of deflect mm-hmm. of, of, of neglect mm-hmm. of how. And, you know, and, and it was interesting because it made her strive to be a better student because she kind of always she felt she had attention. to yeah. prove, yeah. Validation. you know what, I'm mm-hmm. strong. And even though I want you guys to all support her, I'm okay. And we're yeah. talking about, you know, seven years old, eight oh. years old, you know, and she's a superstar now. But uh, but I talk, but at the, oftentimes the attention is placed on the individual who's ill and mm-hmm. not those who Absolutely. are around. Absolutely. Okay, so once they get the help, how do they get this person help? Let me give, give me an example. Mm-hmm. It, if the person is, I was told by we have a, a mutual. Uh, me and the girl have a mutual friend who mm-hmm. works in actual like a um, psychiatric okay. unit. Okay, and it was to the point they almost wanted to baker act the guy, and she was scared to do it because she didn't want you know him to be mad at her or you know. But this is why I say you go to get a th- yeah. you go get your own therapist first. The therapist is their job is to help walk you through this challenge, right? Okay. So here's how you speak to this loved one. Mm-hmm. Here's here are what your options are. This is a specialized person who understands the baker acting process, which right. you cannot baker act someone unless they are dangerous trying to, to kill themselves or, or others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And so that is a part of it. It's not just you getting support to deal with it, but it's also help walk me through the process of helping them get their help as okay. well. Um, is there like a hotline that some people can call? Or do yeah, you guys have lots a- of hotlines? What's yes. the most popular one? I mean, I, mm-hmm. I don't tell people to call. I usually tell people to go online. And so if you go anywhere like National Institute of Health, which is NIH.com or .gov. Okay. Um, yeah. If you go there, I mean, NAMBI, I think, is another one. The National Alliance for Mental yeah. Illness if, is another one. If you go 211, they will direct you yeah. to. Oh, good. Okay. You know, to yeah. whatever facility. 211. 211. And, and, and with that said, how can we reach you? 
people need to contact like, you guys take you personal clients or are you only I'm not taking clients right now because oh. I'm working on a very big project you can't reach me well, okay. <laughs> I think it's to reach out for referrals absolutely we have a, a big network of you know so do yes. you want to put your website what do you want to share um, sure. phone I mean, number well, email I'm on, you know, I'm everywhere on social media. You know Just give us one, one thing. Um, so you can reach me at Florence Gaspard, G-A-S-P-R-D, um, at social media. That's Facebook. Same thing with Instagram, Florence underscore Gaspard. Um, and, yeah, you can um, also have my website, FlorenceGaspard.com. So everything is across board, Florence Gaspard. Okay. So. I am uh, Dr. Minka at Gmail. So D-O-C-T-O-R-M-I-N-C-A at Gmail.com. Okay. And that's it. All yes. right. Well, thank Happy you so much help. for being on the show, guys, and giving us some pointers and things to look out for. Thank um, you guys anything, for doing Any this. last words? Anything? Any last words of advice you want to give people? I'm so glad that you guys are doing this. I think, um, especially when we talk about being people of color, we don't have these conversations at all. Right, right. And so I'm excited that we're finally having these conversations. Right. Yeah, absolutely, because like you say, starting mm-hmm. with a conversation, the mm-hmm. more we talk about something that's mm-hmm. taboo, the less we take away the stigma that goes that's with right. it. Right. Oh, wait, the, we did, forget that. Did we answer the question about hereditary at all? We did. Say I started we, talking about yeah. genetics a little bit, I think. Yeah, I did want to cover that, but I know we're running out of It's time. a variable to be explored. Yeah, because... Well, I can do a quick. Yes, let's, let's hear that real quick. <laughs> so quickly, one of the things, and you know this too, right? We talk about nature versus nurture. Mm-hmm. And so nature is my genes, right? With it, where, um, how they're going to express themselves from what I her- inherit. Um, and then nurture is what's in my environment. And so mm-hmm. those things impact one another quite a bit. And so when I talked about schizophrenia mm-hmm. having a high heritability rate, um, but I said I can get it in my genes, but at the same time, something in my environment can trigger it, and so then it'll, be, it'll right. be expressed. So it's it's that kind of back and forth. And so when you talk about guarding yourself, mm-hmm. no matter what my genetic panel might say about me, I still need to protect my mental health. Right. And so that's why people need to be very careful about what is in their environment. And, and Absolutely. And developing effective coping skills. Yes. You know, because, yes. you know, where would you put the anger, the stress, right. the anxiety? Yes. Boxing class. I tell people <laughs> yeah. all the time. You know, helps you a lot. To talk about it because processing um, helps you understand what's happening what, what or what did happen. Yeah. You know, um, so it's really finding an outlet where a healthy outlet, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're expressing it one way or the other. It's right. coming out. Yeah. But you want to know that it's healthy where it's allowing you to not only um, express yourself, but also you, you heal as you as you go through the process. And I'll say that just one other thing you said, kickboxing. I say I tell people they need a toolbox of coping skills. Yeah, you can't just have just kickboxing. Girl, let me yeah. tell you, you have I to have. Yeah, I know you toolbox. do exactly. Right. You there you go. Toolbox. Say journal, meditation. That's right. Music, that's social support, breathing, healthy social support. But that's, exercise, but, but, yoga, Reiki. That's right. No, no, that that's all great. But be a fifteen-year-old in the hood with no resources, and where you think your outlet's going to be? But the fifteen-year-old in the hood today, <laughs> luckily, what I think is amazing <laughs> is that fifteen-year-old in the hood now has the internet, and so he can, he or she can go on to the websites that we talked yeah, about and apps. things like that. They have so many There's after access. school programs. They have so much access to things now yeah. that we might not have I don't know how old everybody is. But we may we not old. have had access to <laughs> when we were younger. <laughs> and so I think we gotta He's start thinking about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well thanks again everybody. Give me a hand y'all. Yeah, we, yeah, 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 we, got, yeah. we can do a part two to this. We got plenty more to talk about. I'm sure we'll get questions. So you know so thanks again for being on the show. Keep your stations locked on On Your Power Radio. And don't forget to tune in to our network twenty four seven. We have shows on everything from business to relationships will spread the word about it. Special thanks to the Onya Power team who helped make this show possible. Give them a hand, everybody. Give everybody yeah, a hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay. Keep it locked on Onya Power Radio. Remember, anything you want is attainable. So Onya Power.
we are so excited to have in the house Mecca Grimo, who's going to be performing some live spoken word poetry in honor of Haitian Heritage Month. Give us a hand, everybody. Come on. Make some noise, studio. so hidden that those with blind eyes never realize how much we've contributed to the cause. If you can just for a moment pause and think back to 1804, the first successful slave rebellion, we made all the difference. Les chasseurs volontaires de Saint-Domingue, Haitian soldiers who fought for American independence at the siege of Savannah in 1779. To neglect this recognition would be a crime. At a time when slaves were being sold, these bold men fought for colonies that were oppressing them. So today we fight to build a monument to honor them, to let them know that we acknowledge them. Their legacy is what makes our history so rich. A platoon of Aisian soldiers left out of the history books. So as descendants, it is our obligation to research, archive, historical events and facts that may have fell through the cracks. No longer will I hide behind these silly stereotypes that would denounce the legacy of my ancestors. The Savannah Monument Project, not just an object, but a monument which symbolizes something that we, as people, sometimes lack inside, and that's to have honor, respect, dignity, and pride. What was told to us was lies, unveiled. Now watch how our beautiful Haitian history prevails. I wasn't born in Haiti, but Haiti was born in me. I'm a first-generation Haitian who was also a product of the immigrant migration. My parents came here in search of a better life. Seeking salvation, they moved to the States, a risk many are willing to take. And the ones that do, by example, lead, and that brings us to where I was conceived, a place called Brooklyn, New York. Yeah, I was born there, but still had the fear of acknowledging my true Haitian culture. I moved to Queens when I was six, and the same mind tricks that called me refugee haunted me and made me not want to be Aysian. So how can I smile when my people are being made fun of? I'm asking my fellow peers, where's the love? Silly stereotypes which stab at my self-esteem, trying to submerge me in the strong currents of the Atlantic. 
When my parents would go to parent-teacher meetings, I'd panic. Because when you heard my father's heavy Haitian accent, that meant that I'd be the joke of the class the next day in school. Boat people, refugee, just to name a few. What was I supposed to do? So I crawled back in my shell all the while, still in denial of all of the rich history that Haiti had to offer to the world. It wasn't until I moved to Miami and I was already in my teens, I found out IET was the first independent black empire in the world. In the Antilles, we were considered the pearl. So I started to research, archive historical events and facts that may have fell through the cracks. No longer will I hide behind these silly stereotypes that would denounce the legacy of my ancestors. Now I'm conducting educational workshops to the youth that once thought like me. I wasn't born in IET. But IET was born in me. Freed out of bondage, you gotta pay homage. The most illustrious war, 1804, never done before. I quantum leaped to 1784. We talked about breaking the chains, breaking the pain. But since I was struggling, it ain't never been the same. I sat at the ceremony, 1791, Bois a brother named Bookman of African descent, sent from the heavens to represent. A ceremony took place to erase all the scars that took place. Now the war's finally begun to be free, and it pardons by any means, led by Dessaline, field of many dreams, haunted by bloody screams and super-preserved mountainous greens. Negmawon in military attire, no guns, we still exchange fire. We ignite the minds of young writers and gave birth to revolutionary fighters. A quote from Dessaline, Liberté ou la mort, death before, dishonor no more, yeah. Mm-hmm. How could a young country be so poor? Stole our riches, embarked on our land, twisted our laws. We fought for the cause. Yeah, we fought for the cause. 1804, the flag was sown. Now the true Blair Rouge is flown. It said, L'Union fell à force. It said, on some new P4, the French army thrown off course. They underestimated us. And that's why they lost Napoleon Bonaparte's army torn apart To true generals, war is an art Tattooed the coat of arms in my heart I see you in my heart Sat in the cipher, the circle of the spark First free black republic We made our mark We made our mark We made our mark Own your power radio Yeah, yeah You down with OPP? I said OPP. You down with OYP? Yeah, yeah. Y'all already know, man. Mecca, a.k.a. Grimo. My man, Black Rasaji from the Intrinsic Roots Click. You know what I mean? And um, we out here, man. On your power radio, live. Yo, you can find me, Mecca, a.k.a. Grimo. Poetic Lakai, Little Haiti Field Trips. Um, Conscious Contractors. Um, Black Rasaji. Um, T-I-E-T Drum Circle. All of those good things. Um, T-I-E-T Awareness. Black Massage, T-I-E-T Drum Circle, Conscious Contractors. Yeah. On your power radio. Real soul and hip-hop. Just the way you like it. Don't you I say, hey, 